Thessalonian you're fighting. He's the biggest man I've ever seen. I wouldn't want to fight him. That's why no one will remember your name. Hey, g'day, g'day, how are you guys? Um, welcome to episode 14 of the Average Man Podcast, Jedi Mind Tricks. Um, it's been it's been a little while, it's been a few weeks, I'll, um, I'll do my shout outs first and we'll get into that mate, it's a um, shout out to Two Way Hire Services, as always, that's a Perth based two way radio hire company, they're um, willing to do the small things that matter, you can get hold of them on Instagram or Facebook, check them out, get hold of Ross. Um, he'll be able to hook you up with any two-way radio and, and, and um, services that you guys need for your business or for your uh, your own full drive or, um, yeah, for, for whatever, you know. Um, also, I'd like to shout out to Shafted Spearfishing. Uh, get hold of those boys on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Uh, check out their videos, photos, you know, some of the Instagram stories. Uh, they've got, a great lot, uh, got some great merchandise you can get through any of the, uh, through the Instagram and, and Facebook page. I think the new hoodies are out, just in time for the Headland Summer. <laughs> um, but yeah, get on there and, and follow those boys, especially if you're a local. If you're into spearfishing, definitely do it, even if you're just a local and you just want to support local uh, talent, local companies, local crews like that. Uh, jump on and uh, follow the spe- uh, the uh, Shafted Spearfishing Boys. Got a really good page there. Uh, speaking of local talent and, and local sort of entrepreneurship, uh, captured by Carlos, is a local photographer uh, from the Pilbara here. Uh, he was on the on the podcast a few weeks back now. Um, you can go back and listen to that uh, episode if you want, capturing Carlos. Um, he's you can follow him on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook as well. Um, he's got a really good story and a great journey. You can follow his journey via via his Instagram page, you know, and, and like I said, have a listen to that interview to, to get some insight into what he's doing, why he's doing it, uh, what he's passionate about, all those kind of things. And his his, photo, his photography um, speaks for itself, and, and that you really get the passion that comes through in what he's doing as well. So that's captured by Carlos. Go give him a follow and a like and a share as well. Um, also, also like to shout out to PCC Productions, the audio visual specialists here in the Pilbara. I haven't had a lot to do with these boys since the first um, recorded in the studio. I did a couple of rec- records there, and he got me onto the right microphone I'm using for my iPad here. But uh, I just like what Brad and uh, the guys are doing in town. How uh, you know he's involved the last couple of months. He's just been involved in every event in town, from uh, from the Northwest Fest to the Marble Bar Cup to hoodoo gurus um just everything any 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 event that's that's put on where people are using um uh, they're they're hiring equipment um or they need audio technicians hiring up all the gear setting up up of all the gear recording artists uh, recording studio over in wedgefield there those guys have got everything they're doing everything um bringing bringing acts music and and, uh alike through town and really helping 
uh, keep that scene alive here. So big shout out to those guys and what they're doing, man. I'm really, um, yeah, really glad we've got people like that around who are passionate and, and who are putting the hours and the work in to, to help help us get those kind of events here in town. Um, as I said before, it's been I think it's been three weeks since the last podcast, which is the biggest gap I've had since I started and not what I wanted to do, not how I planned it, but basically. Um, planned on having an episode over in Bali. We're going to do a podcast in paradise, but it just didn't work out that way, man. Um, I had myself, my wife, our two kids, my best mate Eli and, and, and Emma's cousin um, over there as well for, for my wife Emma's 30th. And it's just all those different people with different, uh, you know, ideas of what they want to do and, and different time slots and time frames and trying to tie everything in together. I really didn't get any time just sitting back at the villa without the kids present um, to, to record that like so basically when I, me and Eli were back at the at the crib hanging out like the girls would be out shopping so I kind of had full care of the kids obviously couldn't record a podcast and I'm chasing two monkeys around trying to entertain them and keep them from falling in the pool and then when everyone was there back at the villa together again it was only kind of for an hour or two here in the afternoons right before we got ready to go out so it just kind of didn't materialize man the one day i probably would have been able to pull it off our old mate eli was sick he was sick for like <clears throat> he was sick for like a whole day he was in bed for like a full 14 16 hours something like that he he, he got in there the not the night before we got there pulled an all-nighter <laughs> met us up at the, the villa the following evening just completely baked had a couple more drinks and then he crashed out hard um, he woke up the next day he was alright we did one day out at um, the, the W went out for a big lunch buffet lunch for, for M's 30th well that's one of the things we did for her 30th went out for a big buffet lunch um, at the W awesome food there champagne and, and some certain cocktails and beer and shit all on tap um Went there, had a big day, came home that evening, he goes, ah, oh, he's feeling a bit a bit crook, he kind of pulled the pin and went to bed. Oh, actually, we had a few more drinks that night, and then he, he went to bed, and then woke up the next morning just crap, just just rough, man. The girls went shopping, and, and old mate just stayed in bed all day. I saw him, like, twice. He'd come up, come out, sort of have, have a bit of water, cough up some shit, and go out to bed, and just slept. He slept so that whole night, that whole next day, that night again, and then woke up at, like, eight or nine or some shit on the the third morning and was kind of still sick but ready to ready to get back into it so that kind of was our window probably the only window we would, would have had and even so I had still had shade kicking around so it, it just kind of didn't work out the way I planned so I missed the chance to do the podcast during the week and then obviously the weekend I left I didn't do one because it was I was leaving that weekend the weekend I got back I didn't do one so it's been a, a little minute now and um yeah, I'm spewing. I don't want to have that. I gap that big again. So I'm back now. I um, haven't fallen off. It's just circumstance, man, and, and shit happens. But Bali, Bali was good, man. Um, as I mentioned, building up and and just previously, we we had a villa booked. So it's the first time we've done a villa over there. I've always just done hotels, um, and I, I knew a lot of people who'd done villas and kind of always wanted to to check it out, especially. We didn't want to do one when it was just me and Ems and the kids going over because it could kind of feel a bit like secluded and maybe we thought it might be a little bit boring just having our own space away from everybody else and our own pool and all that kind of shit. So I thought, no, nah, we won't do it on our own, but we're going over with a group of people. It seemed like a good opportunity to, to try it out and get our own space and then we'd still have our own friends there to, to, communi- you know, to, to um, 
kick it with and socialise with. So it worked out well in that regard, and there was heaps of room, man. I did plan on another couple with their kids coming too, which didn't happen. So there was shitloads of room for the amount of people we had there, five bedrooms, five bathrooms, like a, a big outdoor living area, an area, and a lounge area with a massage bench and shit, um, another indoor living area with TV. Every room had its own TV, DVD player, full, full um, uh, equipped kitchen, pool basically there's four or three main buildings connected by uh like a bridge over all the pools and then like a balcony bridge as well so they were built around the pool so that the the most of the grounds is pool or actual buildings which is awesome but at the same time was a bit hairy with the the kids man because you know two and four is the age of my kids they can't swim either of them and just i just had to be on full alert the whole time um so it was cool, like when we we're outside and had the floaties on, we're all swimming. That's all good. But whenever we were, we were trying to chill out inside, I had to make sure the doors were locked, and you can't just sit down and let you let one of the kids wander off and explore for a minute in case they they get outside and go plop into the pool. So that did stress me out a little bit, and mainly at night times because the villas uh, was pretty good condition. It's like it's not new, but it was nice. Um, it was luxurious sort of style villa and, and like I said, pretty good condition except for the doors. They had these uh, double doors on every every uh, bedroom or opening had a double door on it and then big bifolds for the uh, opening up into the pool area from the main living area. And like they got a locking system where there's a pin that locks up into the to the header of the, the door frame, one that goes down into the uh, into the tiles and then the other door is one that swings and locks onto it and none of the uh, some of those doors were the locking system was a bit shitty they didn't quite lock in properly or the gap was too big between the door or one door had dropped down and the the lock wouldn't engage properly so there was a few shitty doors that didn't lock properly and um, it kind of had me stressed out a little bit for the whole week just like I'd wake up in the middle of the night and think fuck did I lock every door possible from the kids room down to the pool like it's a minuscule uh, sort of chances that they're going to get up force open a door wander down the stairs force open another door and go splash into the pool obviously but you, know, you, just, you want zero chance of anything like that happening man and, and it's one of those things I knew I'd checked all the doors before I put them in bed but you wake up at like 2 or 3 in the morning do a, go to the toilet or whatever have a drink and then it's just in the back of my mind I'm like did I lock every single door Oh, I have to get up and go check. I'd go check all the doors again, just make sure they're all locked and nothing could get opened and drive the kids and pop out. So that kind of had me on high alert a little bit. But I say, apart from that, it was really good, man. And um, you kind of got a, a, a crew of staff working there the whole time you're there. I'm not sure exactly what they're doing most of the time, but they're there. They, they help cook, you know cook breakfast and, and tidy up around you and shit like that, which can kind of feel a bit awkward, like you're kind of sitting there relaxing and there's other there's like a family this lady had two kids and shit they were there they're kind of living basically in like a closet <laughs> living in like a closet attached to the villa and you feel kind of shitty about it on one hand it's like oh, this is kind of weird there's a family in that little room there I can hear the kids playing and shit like that and they're kind of always just there but at the same time it's like I don't I'm not quite sure how the, the system works like I said we've never stayed in the villa before um, so that was a bit odd 
Um, but they're really nice people. The, the main lady who ran it, Desi, she was lovely, you know, and, and, and she'd help you out if you needed them to organise anything like this. They organised the cake for, for uh, Emma's birthday. Um, they could order you food in if you needed food order or even go pick it up for you or whatever. But I just kind of feel a little bit awkward using someone at my beck and call like that. So I did get them to organise the the cake and the one day I was stuck at the villa with the kids um, Heidi was asleep so I couldn't go out anywhere and, and and Eli was crook in his bed so I was just basically hostage at the villa the day so I had to get them to go out and get me some lunch and shit like that but uh, apart from that I try not to use them to, to, to run around after us too much they cooked us breakfast for a few mornings and even after that we just started buying breakfast from uh, there's a local joint around the corner that delivers it a little bit more uh, a bit more range and options in the, the breakfast if you order it in, get a good coffee and shit like that. So I guess that's my two qualms I'd say with the villa would be not not really suitable for a for the age uh, that my kids are at, and the just the brekkie options and that were a little bit, a bit how you going. I'm probably making better breakfast at home. So that'd be my only two qualms. But apart from that, beautiful villa, um, heaps of room. The rooms were nice and all the rooms were large, massive as well. Um, and it was nice to, to have your own little space where you can kick back and a big outdoor area where we could have a drink and you know uh, a fully um, a full bar upstairs and shit like that. So definitely pros and cons uh, for us at our age with the kids at the age that they're they, they, that they are at. We'll be going back to hotels for now. Definitely, um, I'm already looking at booking the next one for March next year, and I've scoped out a good hotel with the kids club and shit like that. So it, I mean, it's just about making it easy. Uh, um, for everybody so that you can have have uh, the right kind of pool to kick around with your kids like this this hotel has got a toddler's pool which is gradually shallower to deeper under undercover so they're not getting smashed by the sun it's got a kids club so you can put them in there to have a bit of a play during the day while you hang out by the pool or whatever and just a little bit more family orientated and family friendly so that's what we'll be doing next time around but definitely enjoyed it um, and went out for dinner every single night had a bunch of awesome meals um, Mama Sands we went out to on the night just before Em's birthday so that was probably the best meal I had there we just did the um, they got heaps of different um, entrees and we just ordered a bunch of entrees to share between the four of us each like we do like we did about three or four maybe four or five rounds of entrees couple of, a couple of entrees at a time and they just bring them out at the centre of the table and we do all share from that and just um, yeah, ordering all their awesome weird and wonderful cocktails just a, a huge plethora of, of different cocktails the best I've ever had like really um, uh, they were really um, imaginative and creative in their cocktail designs and all tasted really good too so that was that was a, probably the highlight meal for me that and the teppanyaki we did went out to teppanyaki one night which was awesome we've got a couple of little videos I should post them up on the average man um podcast page actually I will do that um, of us so when you do teppanyaki if anyone that's been before basically it's a dinner and a show in one like you, your chef is it also entertains you so one thing I love about it is lots of small serves of food that drags on for you know like an hour or hour and a half something like that and it's all fresh ingredients a lot of veggies uh, a lot of just meat cooked with a simple seasoning on it we had some sashimi so some raw fish uh, and yeah old mate just cooks everything for you on the hot plate you know he likes to 
set things on fire, big flame balls. He was throwing eggs up in the air and catching them in his hat and then got us all to throw the egg up and catch it in his hat and then wear the hat and throw it up, catch the egg in the hat myself, smashing eggs all over the place. He was cooking fried egg on the hot plate and then chopping it and throwing it into people's mouths. All this different shit, man. And um, I just really enjoyed it. It's a fresh-tasting meal, like I said, because it's mostly just veggies and, and just lightly seasoned meats. Bit of rice to fill you up, but not not just not a heavy uh, sauce or rice or pasta sort of um, orientated meal. So that's really that's always good, and it's and it's uh, like I said, a show. You just kick back and enjoy it, take your time, um, have a laugh with the chef, get involved, get a few videos. Um, they gave us a complimentary cake for Emma's birthday too, which was really nice. So that was probably the other highlight um, of the the trip for me. That the actual show that went with the meal and then the food and the drinks at Mama Sands was probably the, the first highlight for me. Um, yeah, we had we went out one night when, when the night that Eli was sick, so just me, Ems and Katie, uh, went out to this little Italian restaurant. I've been there before years ago, me and Ems have, so I thought we'd go back, catch a taxi there. The dude came to pick us up jumped in and said, hey man, um, do you know where we're going? Just going to this little Italian restaurant here and he's kind of just giving me a, a, a nod but it didn't, it wasn't very convincing. I was like, okay, cool, he knows where he's going. The taxis are pretty good over there, you know, they all, they're pretty switched on. And um, he started cruising down the alleyway so anyone that's been to Bali knows there's a lot of, there's your, your main streets which are generally all one way, traffic's at the real main roads and then you've got a bunch of different alleyways that interconnect all the, the suburbs and all the streets together. And it's kind of like a rabbit warren of alleyways through these through the place. And we were in Seminyak, and a bunch of the villas come off these alleyways. So you drive. It's a bit of, bit of a prick of a spot for a taxi to get down, which we kind of learnt while we were there, and just started walking out to the main road and catching taxis from there instead. So, but um, we had a taxi driver come down, pick us up from the front of the villa, jumped in. Hey man, you know where we're going? Yeah, yeah, yep, yeah, know where we're going. Starts cruising. <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me. Ugh, cough. Started cruising down the uh, down the alleyway, and I noticed there was a fork in the road where we'd taken a taxi the day before, and there was a short conversation between um, Mia, the lady that helped out, and the nanny that helped out with their kids, and the, and the taxi driver that day where he was going to turn left, and she said, no, 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 turn right here. You go this way, and you get out back onto the main, main street. And uh, I just noticed that conversation between them peripherally, and then when we hit the fork this time around, old mate, Hesitated and then started turning left. I said, "You're a good man. You know where you're going." Yeah, 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 yep, yep, yep. I said, oh, "Okay, sweet. He knows what he's doing. He's the taxi driver that lives here. I'm just a tourist." So he took the left-hand turn at the fork in the road, and shortly after, we uh, realised his error, and we were trapped down um, a one-way street, dead end, and not just a dead end. Like these streets are tight, man. For you can't get two cars past each other. You can get a car and squeeze another ta another scooter past. That's about it. We came to this dead end where there was like three different levels because there was different driveways coming down into the one spot where we were stuck. There was a car parked at the end of the dead end also. There were scooters parked all around us. We were really hemmed in. And I was trying to help guide this dude to do like a three-point or more like a 20-point Austin Powers-style uh, turn. And he just it became apparent pretty quickly that not only did he not speak very good English, did not know where we were going, uh, also wasn't very confident, and just was a shit driver, frankly. 
and, and he kind of got himself in a couple of different awkward situations that could have been avoided if he'd sort of known how to drive. Probably there was another Balinese dude that was down the, the alleyway, like, trying to guide him. This dude was switched on and knew what was going and what was going on. He was speaking to the guy in Indonesian and, and trying to guide him around, and an old mate just kept messing everything up. And me, Ems, and Katie were all in the car just trying to be really, like, Supportive and encouraging to him. It's okay, bud. No, you're you're right, mate. Just we'll just try this thing here. All right, all right. It's okay. Don't don't stress out. We'll try something else. And you hear a big scratch as the car is like scratching up faster. A, a bit of capping sticking off a tile from a raised driveway that was protruding into the section of alleyway we were stuck in. This happened about three times. We're all wincing. He's getting more stressed out. Eventually, somebody came out, got called down, came out of one of the buildings and moved the, the other car that was in the way down the alleyway for us, just moved it over a bit so I might have just enough turn to, to, room to, to kind of turn around. Um, he turned around. It was all, he was all a bit stressed and flustered. Started pulling out of the, the, the um, alleyway and I said, okay, man, do you know, you know where we're going now? Yes, yes, yes. He says, okay, all right. We start driving back towards this, the, the restaurant. It's... it's down a few more alleyways this restaurant and I noticed we had we pulled it up on the um, on the on the Apple maps after this just to double check cross reference where he was going I noticed he went past the turn we were supposed to take I said I think we went past the turn he goes oh it's okay yes 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 and put it to another turn he took that one I thought okay maybe he knows another way to get here driving down a back alleyway it was clear as mud we could see where we were supposed to go and an old mate's driven straight past the turn off and I said oh buddy I think that was the turn off there Oh yes, 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 yes. He said, "Oh, man, I don't think we're, I don't think I'm getting through to him. Like we're, we're just making wrong turn after wrong turn here. There was one last chance we had to make the right turn before we hit the main drag, which is a huge two, two lane, one way highway that's going to take us five, ten k's down the opposite direction before we can do a U turn. And he's gone past the turn off again. I said, "Oh, dude, we got to, we got to jump out here, man. We pulled up at the." We pulled up at the main highway. He's about to turn left, which is the opposite direction. We're on a one-way street. I said, dude, sorry, man. We're going to have to just bail out. We'll, we'll just walk from here. So he's, oh, so sorry, sorry. I said, it's okay, man. It's all right. I think everyone's just a bit stressed out. You, you, we had the, the incident down the alleyway, you know. <laughs> I think we just jump out, call it quits, and give him. We gave him some. You know, he gave him his cash for the ride, whatever, and just jumped out, paid the man, and, and we just go our separate ways and it was best for everybody so we jumped out hadn't had another 15 minute walk to get down to the back to the alleyway down where the, the restaurant was man got down there and had a really good feed but um it was quite a quite an interesting journey there man and i feel bad for old mate i don't know how much damage he did to the car scratching into bits of paving and shit down that alleyway but yeah it was hairy there for a minute and that's I guess that's that language barrier coming in sometimes like you don't you want to trust someone and give them the benefit of the doubt that they know what they're doing but at the same time, kind of, if you don't know where you're going, you got to sp- you got to speak up, man. So, yeah, that was that was a bit of fun, interesting uh, journey on our first foray out um, while we're over there. Uh, what else did we do over there? We um, on the last day we we did the full tourist thing and, and cruised down to the beach and um, hired some sun chairs or bean bags. I think we hired some bean bags under a, under the umbrella, kicked back and got them to bring us bin tangs. And they got the, so when you're on the beach kicking back, you get people walk down that want to sell you shit watches and sunnies and they want to massage your feet and your back and braid your hair and all this kind of shit. And you normally just sort of wave them on. No, no, all good, mate, thank you. All good, all good, all good. But for whatever reason, we thought, ah, oh, the kids are here, might keep everyone entertained, stuff it. We'll just, we'll just entertain the uh, the... I guess you call them hawkers, cruising, cruising around trying to um, sell their wares and services. So 
we got them. I had someone giving me a foot massage. I'll give an Eli a foot massage and a neck rub. I had the um, my wife and Heidi getting their, their toenails painted, uh, toenails and fingernails painted, pedicure and manicure. We had a dude there selling us sun, sunglasses and he's running off to grab different styles and bring them all back. And, we had, and then, then once you've got a few people there and they see you're spending money, they think, oh, we've got a couple here. So they start coming in from all directions. They're coming in and we're trying to fend them off. No, 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 it's all good. I don't want that. <laughs> don't want that. The whole thing got pretty hectic, but it was good good fun. And the, you know, it kept the kids entertained. And dudes are just bringing you bin tangs, bin tangs, bin tangs as, you, as the whole thing goes on. So... It's a full touristy thing to do at the beach there in Bali, but it was a bit of fun. Kids loved it. Good way to wind down on our last day. And that really was the first um, relaxing uh, session I had over there. We were really just kicking back and, and not chasing the kids around and not actually having things planned to do. So it was good for that, a little bit of a decompression on the last day as well. Um, on the plane on the way over there, it was on the way there and the way back actually, um, my wife bumped into uh, David Eckhart from Recky with Ecky on Spirit FM, um, 94.1, the, one of the radio stations in town, and she was having a yarn to him just about Bali, what he's doing, and then he mentioned he worked for the radio station, and then and, and, um, she mentioned that yeah, I'm doing this podcast, and it's a community-based podcast, and yada, 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 and um I heard him sort of. I heard him talking in the background, and I, I kind of was at first, at first trying to avoid the conversation, just because we'd had such a, a, a mentally taxing uh, series of events to get ourselves to the airport on time, and then all checked in and on the airport because the kids were just man, they just kicked off big time, and they were in public and they're running around like that were those kids screaming and running under ropes and, and touching shit they shouldn't touch and bumping into things, and we got the luggage all on, all on us, and we're trying to brain them both in and keep hold of passports, and then like shade pushed Heidi off a chair and she cracked her head on the tiles and it's just all this crazy shit going on then we're on the plane and they're there running around on the seats and it's like trying to friggin' uh, rope in two wild monkeys man you know and then so that was just stressful and I was kind of having a minute of just decompress trying the kids were sitting down for a minute just trying to get my head back together I was in such a grumpy mood from that and I heard her talking to this dude I'm like fuck I can't be bothered to speak to anybody right now but um pull my shit together and sort of join into the conversation and, and um, he, he offered, extended the, off, uh, the invitation to basically come on to the, um, the, the breakfast show one time and, and advertise, talk about the podcast, say what we do and he said, you know, it could even become a regular thing, go on there and, and advertise the, the podcast and talk about it. So I've got his, his card, his phone number and email address and shit on there so I wanted to get one more podcast in the bag and get myself back into the swing of things, get momentum going again and then I'm going to uh, give him a call. I'll call him this week actually and organise a time, man, to, to go get on that, that radio station and, and, and get a bit more exposure. So I'm pretty excited about that. You know, you've got to take opportunities as they come. Like I said, I really wasn't in the mood for it, man. Um, I just didn't want to come across as like being a rude prick or negative or something like that. But I was just I was struggling to to um, be you know sociable at that at that point. But yeah, had a, had a yarn to him and and um, it'd be good to go back in there and have a conversation with him without the kids doing my head in at airports anyway. Because I saw him on the on the flight on the way back and it's the same kind of thing. They were pretty good on the way back, but they still test you and they kind of have you on the edge the whole time. So I'm just not really a friendly um, sociable dude when I'm at airports with, with children, man. But um. I'll go in and, and have a yarn and we'll probably even speak about that on the show as well and, and advertise this podcast and hope to get a little bit more exposure. So I'm excited about that, man. It's another uh, step in the right direction. Um, what, uh, what else we got going on? We had the... Um, today is 
Saturday, the uh, sorry Sunday, the thirtieth of September, which means yesterday was the AFL Grand Final. Uh, we watched it at my house with my folks. I'll get to that in a minute while the folks are here. But um, yeah, watched the Grand Final at ours yesterday, and obviously the Eagles got the win, mate. Just squeezed it out in the last two minutes of the game, or the last minute forty-five. I think they finally kicked the goal that put them in front. They'd been behind for the entire game. Really tight game of footy, man. I'm obviously a rugby league man myself, but I watched a little bit of the finals footy. I uh, watched a couple of games in Bali um, leading up to to this, and it's always good to watch. Uh, I watch any sporting event at the, at the highest level like that, especially when the you know your, your um, home state team is is involved. So to watch that game was really good, especially because it was such a tight contest, man. Um, the, the worst thing is when a grand final is like a blowout. One team just shits the bed and the other one just runs over them and it's kind of all over by half-time or, or whatever and, and kind of takes that excitement out of it. But this was a real nail-biter, man. Collingwood put three or four, I think four unanswered goals on really early in the piece and then um, that, that kept them ahead even though the contest, by the, top, by the end of that first half, the contest had really tightened up and, the, and both teams, it was a back and forth arm wrestle, but the, they'd already got themselves that lead and that lead kept them out in front right till that fourth quarter, man, the last couple of minutes when the Eagles finally closed that gap and passed them. It was just such a nail-biter on the edge of the seats, had us yelling at the, at the TV, and I think it was just a good contested game of, of footy too, you know, like... Uh, wasn't too scrappy. The umpires, the, yeah, the umpires seemed to, to let a lot more go to get a, a more free-flowing game of footy. No one was, dudes weren't, you know, um, trying to call for for fouls that didn't hadn't happened and shit like that. So, um, just everyone manned up, did the game. Good free-flowing game of footy. Good contested footy. Low scoring because it was just the the defence from both sides was really good. So it was just great to watch, man. And good to see the Eagles get that win. I've seen a bunch of dudes on Facebook and shit with their um and Instagram. Obviously, everyone's blowing up, showing their love or or, or uh, hate for the Eagles or ripping on Collingwood for losing. But what I liked was I saw a couple of dudes. Um, shout out to Nathan Alloway, um, who'd gone to the effort of making up stencils and, and spraying the big Eagles sign on their their lawn pre-game. So they're, they're backing themselves to win. Uh, the big 2018 Eagles Premiership um, logo sprayed, you know, like a two by two or a three by three sized mural sprayed onto the lawn. And I think I think um, Ross Osi from um, Two Way Hire Services as well must have been at a, a friend or neighbour's house. They had a big there was a big mural sprayed on the grass there as well, chucking those up on Facebook. So I like that dedication and the artistic flair and the time and effort put into supporting and repping your team there. So shout out to anyone that did that. And anyone that's seen them online, you know what I'm talking about. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah, just a great game of great game of footy, man. And I did my first foray, and I think they had 100,000 at the G2, which is an awesome um, uh, an awesome turnout for them. Just over 100,000, whatever it is, whatever capacity is over the MCG there. And I did my first foray into to live betting. So just uh, during the week, I downloaded the sports bet app and threw a couple of bucks into the account there, so I could bet on these grand finals just to help make it a little bit more exciting. For myself, so I put the um, once the game had started and the Eagles were behind 29 points or something, 30 points, whatever it was, I put um, I put five bucks on them for the win, paying five dollars because it blew right out to five dollars sixty or something at that point. So I got a little win there, and I put a couple of um, other small bets on first um, first goal scorer and shit like that. So that made things a little bit more interesting while watching too. Um, and yeah, I'll do the same. This evening, I'm gonna I'll put on first try score and who's gonna win for the for the um, uh, 
in RL Grand Final, which is what I was just about to lead into. So we've got the big, for me, this is the big dance tonight. Uh, I've got the NRL Grand Final, my team Melbourne Storm are in. I'm wearing my Melbourne Storm jersey right now, courtesy of mum and dad. Uh, so my parents have, dro uh, have driven up to visit us, visit us in beautiful Port Hedland. I think they got here on Thursday, Wednesday, Wednesday or Thursday. Wednesday Arvo, maybe. Um, which is a big drive, man. It's 1,800 kilometres or 1,700 kilometres, something like that. They drove up with the caravan. It's the school holidays for them, so they've both got a, a couple of weeks off. They've driven up. And perfect timing, you know, they come up to see us and see the grandkids and they're here for the grand final, the, the, the AFL grand final and the rugby league grand final. And me and my dad are both rugby league mad, so we've got the Storm playing uh, the Roosters tonight and we're both pumped for it, man. And they bought me up this, um, I got the Indigenous round um, Melbourne Storm jersey uh, for my birthday. So a late birthday present they bought up with them, which I've been wanting a jersey for years, man, but they're like 170 bucks. So every year I, I kind of think, yeah, I'll get, get myself a jersey and then... I don't know, there's just other things I end up using that money on and never get around to it. So I'm, I'm pumped. I've got my, got my first official Indigenous round Melbourne Storm jersey with, of course, number one on the back, Slater. Don't be a hater, be a Billy Slater. Um, that's the hashtag, don't be a hater, Billy Slater, for, for anyone who's out there... Um, having a whinge about Billy Slater getting off the shoulder charge to get into this match. So, speaking of that, let's get into a couple of the little controversies going into this game. The game will be over by the time probably anybody listens to this, but that, that's all right. We, um, I won't speak about the contest it's, uh, um, itself too much because of that fact, but I'll speak about a couple of the controversies heading into it. Um, in the qualifying semi-final for this match, Billy Slater had a, 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 a try-saving try tackle he made right in the corner where he sort of he ran in for the tackle and led with the shoulder. So technically a hip and shoulder, which is uh, an illegal tackle in rugby league. And you go to the uh, um, review board and you can get you know up to a, I don't know, how many game suspension you can get. You can get a one game suspension for sure for a hip and shoulder tackle. Generally is the uh, verdict handed down. So he had to go in and um, fight that charge during the week. I wasn't too worried about it because I thought it wasn't a malicious hip and shoulder tackle. He was also running in the same sort of direction as the uh, as the attacker that he made the tackle on. So it wasn't a front-on hip and shoulder straight to the head. It was kind of just instead of leading with the arms, which he should have done and you're supposed to do, he, he led with the shoulder, shouldering the, the um, uh, attacking player into the sidelines and saving a try. So, I don't know, it didn't feel malicious to me. And I also thought the fact that this is... More than likely, Billy Slater's last game of, of uh, football. He hasn't announced retirement, but it's kind of around the water cooler. That's what people are, are saying, that it's probably going to be the last uh, season for him. And, um, you know, even if it's not, what are the chances they're going to get back into a grand final again next year? You know, it's always slim. So you can't rely on that. I just think a legend of the game, everything he's done for the game, the, the, the eyeballs that a man like him draws to this game, the dedication he's had to the sport, coming back from injuries that kept him out for a solid year and a half, something like that, multiple so shoulder and knee um, reconstructions, the, the, the guts and determination he, he's showed and all the hard work he's put in. I think to... To rob him of his last ga professional game of, of footy and his last chance at a grand final, I think would just be, you know, criminal, really. So I'm glad that they didn't, that they overturned that decision and um, everybody whinging about it. Just, yeah, don't be a hater, be a Billy Slater, mate. Go out there and do, do it, mate, like the man does. Um, so he got through that and um, we'll be playing 
this evening, which is awesome news for us. And the other bit of controversy, I suppose, not so much controversy, but just news, is that the um, Cooper Cronk for the Roosters is is been ruled out as a, as a starting player this evening because he's um, tore a rotor cuff just last week, man. So this is how tough these dudes are. He's got a torn rotor cuff. He's been trying to get healthy all week so he can play. They couldn't get him healthy enough to name him as a start on, on the starting side, so they've named him on the bench. Meaning uh, he's more than likely going to play a bit of footy today with a you know, freshly torn rotor cuff, which is painful. Range of motion will be terrible, but you know he's one of those players you need out on the paddock. Um, I also think there could be a sneaky, a, a little bit of a ploy involved here. I, th- I think that there's a chance it's that they they're taking the opportunity to just to. Um, throw a little bit of confusion into the preparation of the Melbourne Storm. So if there's a legitimate reason why he wouldn't be on the field, you might as well, this is my point of view, you might as well take advantage of that and just say that he's not going to be on the starting team. It may have a small effect on the Melbourne Storm's preparation to the to the start of the game. And I think that at this level of, of, the, of any sport, you know, every little advantage you can get helps. So if you get a little bit of uh, uncertainty from them or uh, it changes the setup that they that they want to field on the field straight away, um, you know, or even just their mental uh, preparation to the game because they think Cooper Cronk's not going to be on the starting side. That would be a smart move to, to push that thought through and um, and run with it. But I don't know. Maybe he really is just injured and can't and can't start um, this evening. But we'll figure it out. I know he'll be doing everything in his power to to, to get himself out on the field there and um, help his team get themselves W over the Storm. Storm are going for the premiership two years in a row. Tonight, I'm pretty pretty pumped about it, man. I'm pretty excited, so I'm getting a pretty good vibe on today. I just feel it building as I'm sitting here and think, thinking about it. So, looking forward to the big dance tonight, man. Um, go the storm. Um, what else we got? Yeah, so my parents are up here. Uh, it's good to have them here, catch up with them. Mum helping out with the kids and helping clean up in the kitchen and all that kind of crap. Kids love Kids are loving seeing her and... And my old boy can't can't sit still. He's he's cruising around in the yard, takes, take, taking my dogs for walks every day, and he's um been fixing my retic because we had some problems with the retic through the um uh, the solenoids and the and the wiring and shit like that. So he's been pulling all the boxes apart. He's drawing himself diagrams. He's going around checking every station, and just he's got them all working for me at the moment. But he says there's still a problem. Um, I'm not sure what that is because I don't really have much of a clue about a retic. Um, but yeah, he's just can't sit still. He's there. Pecking around, helping cook. He's in the kitchen cooking the other night, and pecking around, fixing my dick, walking the dogs. So it's just funny seeing my myself in the old boy. Like he's up here on holiday, he should just be kicking back and enjoying, you know, seeing us and seeing the kids and, and relaxing. But can't do it, man. He's got to cruise around and keep himself busy and keep working. So, and I understand that. I understand that motivation all too well. Um. So, yeah, I guess um, just to recap. Um, where we are with the podcast I'll be looking for local events to, to follow and promote we do have the Oktoberfest coming up pretty soon I don't have too many de- details on that right now but I'll, I'll, I'll give a shout out for those dates and events I think it's here at the Civic Centre but I'll, I will give a shout out for those dates and everything and times when I, when I get hold of them um, look out for me on um, Spirit FM uh, I'm not sure when that's going to happen, but I'll be getting in contact with with um, David Eckhart this week to, to line that up. Uh, I, f- I feel a little bit like um, these two weeks off. 
I didn't like. I didn't want. I didn't want it to happen. I wanted to keep this as consistent as possible. But everything happens for a reason. It was probably, you know, that's probably. Uh, it was probably supposed to be. I feel like I, I might have needed a little bit of time to refocus and re-energize and uh, yeah, refocus the direction of where this podcast is going to go. As I've had a, a rough kind of month, uh, really. Um, just. I don't. Know, you know, I try not to be negative and whinge about things too much. But I just. We've had a rough chat. Uh, trot with the the kids, mostly sleeping, like with my daughter. Like, say, so my wife and I are getting, you know, broken sleep every single night, and we're up quite early in the mornings, and that starts to wear down on you after a little while. Sleep deprivation, both working full time, and all the other shit that we got to do in life, man. Um, you know, keeping your house clean, cooking, cleaning, all that kind of crap. So I'm just, I guess, a little bit worn down from from that. And then when I get worn down, man, I get cranky, and when I get cranky. I get snappy and narky and I act a bit like a dickhead or, you know, an arsehole is probably a better word to use. I act like a bit of an arsehole, you know, which happened. I had a couple of um, snappy little uh, arguments with my best mate Eli when, Eli when we were in Bali. 50% of that is on his shoulders. The other 50% is on my shoulders. I've had a few snappy moments with the kids and with my wife. And I just, I feel like a bit of a, oh, I feel like a bit of a piece of shit, really, when I get like that. I just, um... You know, and and um, it flows over into everything else in life. So I've been a bit tired, a bit snappy, man, and um, <clears throat> it's good because I guess when I'm in that zone, I, I, it's hard to just come in and pump out a podcast where I'm trying to be as honest as I can and be myself, and then just pretend like I'm all happy-go-lucky, everything's great, everything's fine. When you know I've had a bit of a rough patch, so I thought I'd mention that on the podcast now, so I'm not just glossing over it. I'm not trying to put it in the back pocket and pretend it's not the way things are for me this this last few weeks. Just to I guess just to keep that. Um, that authenticity and the and the and the um, genuine sort of factor going, um, and for myself really, you know, just so I know that I'm being honest and truthful, and and to address the the situation, I need to get try and get a bit more sleep, re re refocus, re-energize, and um, get yeah get some positivity up and going again. So, um, as far as the actual podcast, I need to hit up Lukey. And Zam from Shafted pretty soon. Um, I'll, I'll organise this thing with uh, David Eckhart first um, about getting on the radio station. I'll hit up Lukey and, and Zam and see when we can uh, tee up a podcast with those guys and do an interview. Hopefully that can tie in with a spearfishing, like they are spearfishing, like I, like I said last time out. Um, yeah, I want to say big happy birthday you know, for last week to, to my beautiful wife, M's 30th. It was hard to make it pop like mine did. Mine was, you know, we spent you know, a week over in uh, a week in Las Vegas, another week driving around the United States. We didn't have kids, so we could just go out hard and go partying, and you know, really had that zap and that pop to it. It felt like a big, a big gig, and it was a little bit harder to make this one pop for her, especially because she was sick, crook guts and everything, and everyone was a bit tired and run down. So I don't know. It felt a little bit like we kind of just. It was a bit more low key and laid back, which is fine. But I just wanted to make it snap and pop a little bit more for her. Um, but it didn't kind of happen like that. We still had a great week, um, great week away. I just want to shout out to her. Um, lots of love to the girl, mate. She's there by my side, hundred percent all all the way. And it's hard sometimes watching her get run down and and um, <clears throat> crook and, and sleep deprived and all that thing and all that sort of stuff too. So shout out to my girl. Um, shout out to everybody who's listening following me on the journey here um get involved on that facebook page man get in get in there um tell me what you want to hear what you want to talk about tell me what you love what you don't like um yeah just let's just get it get it cracking 
and I appreciate everybody's time and support and, and all the great messages I get on Facebook and, and Instagram and, and, and in person and all that kind of shit. Um, I love doing this little creative outlet. Um, Jet Our Mind Tricks was the uh, the name of the artist um, I played at the start of the podcast here. I just heard him on Joe Rogan Experience um, earlier in the week. He uh, is a rapper from out of um, Philadelphia. I haven't heard of him before, but I like that East Coast sort of old school style of hip-hop, the big the sort of dark gangster rap type beat. They're not gangster rap, the sort of dark East Coast type rap beats. Um, and, and his style of, of hip-hop, I really like that. And that, along with the new Eminem album and everything's come out, it's kind of inspired me to, to write a little bit more. So um, hopefully I can, uh, not hopefully, I'm going to put a bit of time away during the evenings to, to, to start writing a bit of uh, a few lyrics again as well, see if I can get Eli to send me through some music and maybe maybe get a, a, another track knocked up together just for pure um, creative outlet purposes, man. So um, I hope you guys like the podcast. Um, guys, check out that Jedi Mind Tricks if you're into hip hop. Good, a good East Coast rapper. He's an older dude now. He's in his forties. He's got that old school style. That kind of sounds a bit like your um, met, you know, the Wu Tang Clan type style of, of hip hop. Uh, check that stuff out. Uh, check me out on Facebook, Instagram, like, follow, share, please. Feedback, any feedback I can get, um, uh, much appreciated. So, again, guys, thanks for the time. Thanks for listening. And um, Average Man Podcast episode fourteen. Jedi Mind Tricks, over and out.